Welcome to Total Wine and More. I'm on cooler duty this weekend. Fill it up with seltzers and canned cocktails. Oh, wow, great prices. Find what you love, love what you find. At Total Wine and More, drink responsibly, B21. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Hello, listeners. This is Jim, the Keys bartender. How are you today? It's a beautiful day here. A couple clouds. Low 70s. Beautiful spring break. Daughter's on spring break. I don't know if I said that recently. So we had, uh, she has a week worth of leisure and late night sleep. Uh, late. Well, actually, not too so late. She. She went to bed early last night, and she's still sleeping, getting her 12 hours of shut-eye, which I guess I'm jealous of when I see that, when I see someone that can sleep 10, 10 hours. I would, I, I had probably one of the best nights sleep I had in months last night, and I don't know what it, I'm trying to recreate the conditions to make that eight hours of uninterrupted, uninterrupted sleep. But I'm just rejoicing in just the idea to get eight hours of sleep. Now, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know I admit to my failings and things like that. So you don't have to say, hey, listen, he has the perfect life in, in the keys. He, he has, there's nothing wrong in the household because you hear all those things. I admit to it. I try to be open about it. Well, that extends all the way to like where you live in uh, your local, your state, your country. People get an impression. Or drill it all the way down to your family life or just your personal life. People, when they see you from outside, the grass is always greener kind of mentality. They say, well, man, Florida is great. They don't have any restrictions or the keys are great. They're just living in paradise and things like that. Nothing, nothing could ever go wrong there. The weather's always perfect. The sun's always shining, which I have to say is pretty nice to have nor the normal warmth all year round. Uh, But, you know, sometimes it does get hot and muggy and... It's nice to get a little respite outside. So I'm not going to talk about the weather or hurricanes or 
exotic insects or different types of animals that can kill you down here, which they don't. It's a rarity. I'm just talking about impressions, impressions from outside. And it got me thinking today because I'm on Facebook and I'm texting uh, on Messenger, on Facebook Messenger with a friend of mine in Poland who used to be uh, on the, I, I, he may still be on it. I know he had run on the Polish national track and team, uh, track and field team. He was a, a runner, middle, middle distance or short distance runner. And we discussed things about different impressions, what, like, what I think about Poland. And his impressions of Poland are probably more, what would you call it, at least fact-based, because he lives there. He lives there, and he knows that. But there are impressions for things that incur, that interest him, like the things that bother him, whether the government's doing the right thing or the wrong things. Now, he expressed to me, he sent me a, a news item about the governor accepting, I don't know how true it is or whether it's true or not, accepting cryptocurrency as payment. Now... Florida doesn't have an income tax, so there's, I mean, I guess it's taking payment for fines and all the other state fees that you have and certain business taxes and permitting taxes and things like that, which is all well and good. And it's just one facet of governing, taking how, you know, you're going to say payments, but people from the outside, they see the governor making rules and say, well, Transgender people cannot compete in high school or state events. They have to compete in the, their, what would you call it, on their birth certificate, whatever sex they were identified as, that's who they are. Which, on a facile surface level, you say, well, yeah, you don't want men competing against women. And I'll address that a little later. And is that important? Is that really hugely important in the state? Is that our biggest problem right now? Global warming, uh, inflation, fuel prices, real estate prices where people are having a hard time where it comes down to uh, rents going up. Uh, I did mention environmental crisis and Crime and things like that. These are education, health, all these things, very big issues. Education, making sure your child from kindergarten through high school and then uh, college. These are important things. Now, when we focus on things like whether high schools or schools allow make require you to wear a mask and that's during the heat of the pandemic or you know these wedge issues they're wedge issues they're issues that separate people on what what's important to them let's say if if religion is important some some issues are more important to people than others 
right? And some people have issues that are small to everyone else, like school prayer. School prayer. I, in my head, you know, religion is a personal thing. If you want to, there's always a couple minutes before class and after class. If you want to stop and pray, no one's stopping you. Whether you should get a whole bunch of people forcing you to pray, that's the issue. I don't think the state should get involved in religion. It's just crazy. Remember when that, that was a big deal for a while. People say, school prayer, you should lead school prayer. What about the Muslim student, the Jewish student, the agnostic student? What do they pray about? Do they have to pray? What do one in pray? I don't pray. You, you ever sit at a table, a group of people, and you could be spiritual, and you may have a different system for prayer, or you may not pray at all. But everyone at your else at the table does it. And they say, will you join us in prayer? No, no, I, I mean, no, go ahead and pray. I'm not stopping you. You don't need, you don't need me to make your prayer better heard. And because I'm a grown-up now, I am a grown-up, I'm not influenced by other people. You can rip out your prayer rug right now, start bowing to the east, and I go, oh, that's very nice, while I drink my coffee. See how it's done? Don't worry about it. It's not an issue. It's not an issue. So they pick these small issues, like the, our, our governor here. And well, I'm going to talk first about the impression. So my friend in Poland, they said, well, over in Poland, they think Florida and Texas are the greatest places in the world because they you know they you have the greatest freedoms well not necessarily not necessarily they're restri- actually they become restrictive they've been made restricting voting rules here they're trying to reduce the ability to be able to do mail-in ballots to do voting on sunday um, make more identification requirements that directly affect the minority communities in both states. Um, and I mentioned the right to choose, more restrictive uh, abortion laws, which we all know from past experience when there's more restrictive abortion laws, there's more, let's say, back alley type abortions. Do they really want to go back to the bad old days? So, and the question becomes, well, what's the point of it? Is it all life is important? And if all life is important, then why wouldn't you provide a lot of money to early childhood education or nutrition programs or health programs? I mentioned education. Yeah, education all the way through. How about, how about taking care of children? After they're born. We've done this song and dance before. What's the point? The point is making big issues, applying them to certain demographic groups like these born-again Christians and these restrictive voting. And then, in the midst of the pandemic, when we know, when we know, most people know, 
when you have viral transmission, when you're coughing on someone or breathing and there's particulates going, that the mask, even though it's not 100%, it's not 100%, it's not hurting people. Come on. We know that. No one made a big deal of it years ago when doctors and nurses started wearing masks when they went into the operating room. And say, hey, listen, I don't want you wearing masks when you're operating on me. Breathe right into my chest cavity when you open up. I don't, you know, the people that are against masks should go all the way against masks. Say, listen, not only do I not want you to wear masks, if you are sick, I want you to be present in the operating room. Because I don't believe that mask thing really works. So it doesn't really matter if someone has an infectious disease and my rib cage is open up and they're putting a stent in. So if you don't believe in that stuff and say, I want my doctor to be breathing freely into my open operational area because I believe that's so strong. No, they don't say that. They just say, I don't want your kid being, I don't want my kid forced to wear a mask when they're in school. But, so, you want freedom in school, but not enough freedom where the kid can be transgendered and compete in a comp- competition. No, 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 that's too much freedom. Too much freedom. Well, how about if we teach them, teach the kids about slavery and about how certain groups of people in the state of Florida back during the civil rights era were anti-civil rights? Oh, no, 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 no. That's too much freedom. We don't want that. But we don't want you to wear a mask when you're not talking about that. Or don't mention anything about gay or the possibility of gay. They just passed that law here in Florida. We don't want you talking to our kids, confusing our kids with these things. They got to find out the old way. What's the old way? Well, they go down to Key West and they go to a uh, one of these cabaret shows and they see a very tall woman, and turns out it's not a woman, dressed like Cher. And then they ask, well, what's the deal with that? Is that a man or a woman? Well, that's a man. And then you have to learn when you're 30 years old that there are guys that like to dress like women who are still interested in women. And there are guys that dress like women who are interested in men. And there's guys that dress like women that are transitioning to become women. And there are guys that don't want to look like women that just like men. And there's the same thing you start going with women. And... Then you got to learn, don't introduce that to my child. He'll just get confused. Well, how about if we tell him about slavery? Well, yeah, talk about slavery, but don't say that it was white people that did it. Blame it on the black people in Africa who sold their... Yeah, yeah, it did happen. There were some groups that sold their... um, There were Africans who caught other Africans and sold them to slave traders here in the United States. But if there wasn't slavery established as a system in 
different parts of the world, especially the southern part of the United States and parts of the north, too, because north had slavery for a time. If it wasn't for demand, it wouldn't have happened. And the culture occurred. But really, they, the, uh, the issue, let's say critical race theory. Critical race theory. I, I hate that that thing even developed because all it does is stop the teaching of history. It stops the teaching of correct history. And saying that when people were need, where people were choosing to go for their voting rights or education rights or housing rights, their employment rights, that there was a reactionary movement on the other side that was against those people who were looking for more freedoms, and they don't want to teach about. It. You know why? Because it makes them feel guilty and feel bad. Is that the only way? Is that we don't teach about the Holocaust if we have German uh, children of German ancestry who would feel bad? So you wouldn't be able to talk about the Holocaust? Now, you're going to have to do some of the research yourself here. Come on, listen. If you're just getting your news from one source, one source, some, a friendly source, then you get one side of you, and that occurs for every from the progressive side, progressive where, or the conservative side. If you get your news from one source, then you only have one perspective. The same thing in school. You got to get a different perspective. Schools and education are more open, more open. Education should be more open. Elections should be more open, where you have the widest amount of people voting. Eligible people, I understand that. But voting, the more people that participate in election, the more ideas that are introducing in high school. And so while you can't introduce too many ideas in high school, I mean, sometimes I was quite surprised at the civics. Over the last, I'd say most of the time my daughter's been in, in school, there have been some really kind of, I'd say the state-issued history looks pretty much like what I learned about 50 years ago. And what states normally do, or people that create textbooks, is they don't really like to sanction information that makes them look less than open or friendly, or bad. So history is glossed over. If you see the revolution or anything, sometimes they don't talk about the brutality and the loss of life and things like that, the things that occurred during war. They say, this war was fought for this reason. Okay? Or this fault was mainly the main, you know, like civil war. There's a lot of things. We'll take this as... Let's talk about Civil War real briefly. On one side, you'll have people say the Civil War, there was a lot of reason. Let's say the more open side. They said there was a lot of reasons why the Civil War was fought. One was over states' rights. The other was over economic differences. 
the other was parochialism, and on a more open way, about the right to be able to maintain the system of slavery. Their, this peculiar lifestyle, whatever they wanted to call it, to preserve their economic standing or their system. And they say, this is our culture. Your culture is to subjugate a certain amount of people and say, well, it wasn't that, you know, this is, to be able to write, to, to correctly teach civil war, you got to talk about all these things. You can't just say it was about state right, states' rights. States' rights to do what? Taxes? That was more civil, uh, that was more revolutionary war than the civil war. No. The main thing, as written in the Confederate Constitution, which was mentioned several times, the protection of slavery. Now, as you reduce the impact of slavery as one of the progenitors of the Civil War, people start saying, well, that, that wasn't about that. It was very little to do with that. It's about culture. It's about culture. A very few people go over the, you know, go over to armed combat because you can't, you know, you know, there's people stopping you from making your fried chicken recipe or your biscuits and gravy or sweet tea. That that war is over major issues, as we see in uh, Eastern Europe right now. So I'm going back and forth with Bartek, and I'm showing them to say, listen, you know, they, they lionize these things. They say the important things. The governor, when, what was it, last month, he had a little news conference, and he had high school students behind him or college students behind him. And, some, you know, most of the students were wearing masks when he came out. And he pointedly, in irritated fashion, told them, he goes, you don't have to wear the mask. And then he says, take off those masks. You have this man in his late 40s, early 50s, yawn at you, the governor of the state. And granted, some of them didn't take their mask off, and I, I appreciate that. But is that the, the hill you're willing to die on? To say, listen, the most important thing is the mask. It's not education. It's not gun violence. It's not um, health This is more important. Or the one out of a thousand transgendered athletes that may be competing. I'm going to pause right now and I'll be right back. And I am back. So, let's get on. I'm done talking about that subject, but I want to get back to the transgendered issue. <clears throat> I don't know what causes a person to feel as if they were born of the wrong gender. And some people say, well, that's not a thing. And there's so many people out there that have done it and they're unhappy with it and they're just unhappy people. Okay. Whatever you want. With that, I'll, I'll accede to you that there are people that are disturbed out there, but I'm not going to say that the transgendered are disturbed. I'm just saying there's disturbed people. On both sides, let's say that. But competing, competition. 
How bad is it to have men competing with women and women competing with men? Now, there's a lot of sports out there that are co-ed now, and they're getting more and more. You're starting to see more women. I've seen women playing in men's basketball leagues and things like that. Now, the uh, Florida governor and other states are getting uh, a lot of mileage out of this transgendered athlete band to try to get and it's mainly men former people that were born as men now competing as women and how that's bad let's look at how that's bad I'm going to tell one story I promise I won't bore you and you know probably where I'm going to go until the 50s Baseball, Major League Baseball, was mainly segregated. Was segregated. It was all white. Maybe, maybe some Latinos. But there was no, you know, until Jackie Robinson was introduced to Major League Baseball, there were no African Americans playing against white. They had these games, these special games that weren't league. They weren't. Uh, they were league sanctioned, but they didn't go towards the record. So they had teams that played against the, the Negro leagues in the forties and thirties, forties, and fifties. But they never had direct competition or integrated teams in Major League Baseball. So, why were they segregated? They, they were segregated for whatever reason. They didn't say it was because they're better. In a lot of cases, though, some of the athletes were better. In order to compete in a formerly segregated sport, the athlete had to be so exceptional to be able to overcome that race barrier. So Jackie Robinson, when he came in, was already a superstar. He had to be the best. He couldn't be just like an average white player. They didn't start introduction of when they segregated league, just taking players that were, oh, they're as good as the white player. No, they were better. Satchel Paige was a, uh, was a pitcher. He was exceptional, exceptional pitcher. Now, did that ruin baseball or did that make it better? I think it made it better. Competition. Competition directly entails that you play against the best. The only way you can get better is to play in general, in general, other than practice and fitness and the study of the game. Competition. Head-to-head competition. People overcome. When you play someone who may have better physical skills than you, better endurance, you beating them is a greater achievement. Right? So bringing in people, having someone join, you you ever, if you play any sport, any sport, when you compete on a regular basis against someone who is a perceived better 
more skilled player, better funded player, better trained player. Your ability to play that sport is generally increased through competition. So why would you want to reduce the competition? When you want to increase it, say, well, that's pretty amazing. It's like rarely does a sport become easier. Do you want to make a sport easier? They don't drop the basketball net lower or make the uh, football field shorter. It's 10 yards to a first down. Well, we're going to make it eight yards, right? Major League Baseball is no danger of reintroducing the T-ball. You know, say, well, instead of having pitchers, we're just going to tee up the ball and you're going to hit it off there. And if you hit it this far or you get up, you know, in, in, in grown-up play, in adult play, when a team goes up 10 runs, you normally don't quit. You just keep on playing. Right? So why would you reduce the level of competition? And if that's the reason, so well, it's unfair. And all those movies, uh, what's it? There was a movie called Vision Quest where this guy wanted to go up and move up in weight and compete against the greatest wrestler or move down in weight, I guess. He had to move down in weight in order to compete against the best competition. But <clears throat> in wrestling or boxing, moving up into different weight classes let's say Holyfield he was uh, I'm going to get this he was welterweight and he moved into heavyweight to fight Tyson it's very difficult to move up in some weight classes some I think it's because the intricacies are right it would, you very rarely see someone from a middleweight move into a heavyweight but if they had to, the competition would be incredible. If you had to compete, if you were middleweight and you had to fight heavyweights all the time, I wager eventually you would become a really strong power puncher. If you were holding your if you were able to hold your own for some, you know, more than a, a round or two. So the greater the competition you have, the greater skills you develop. It's like school. Go from elementary school, you're challenged a bit in elementary school, then you go on to middle school or junior high and then high school. And each step of the way, you're challenged more. You're challenged more. And then you go on to college. And then you have your uh, graduate school. You're challenged more and more. And the bar gets higher, higher, higher. And the better your competition the better you are. I mean, who says, I only want to play against weak players, unless you're like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I, I don't know why I had to throw an insult against the Dallas Cowboys, and I apologize for that. That was really very Philadelphia finish of me. I'm from Philadelphia, so I can say that. Um, why would you want to reduce the abilities of your competitors, wouldn't that make you excel? A better league, 
a stronger league makes for better participants or stronger participants. And we've seen that. We're see, we see that in the world at large. Whoever you're competing against. Everybody. Like, a, you don't see too many, uh, like, armies. Like, armies. Let's, let's get nation states. Russia. I'm going to apply this to international relations. Russia was seen as a powerful country. They defeated the Chechens, a very tall, uh, uh, small country, Georgia, uh, a younger, weaker Ukraine back in 2008-2014. Um, all different places. In the Ossetian region of the Caucasus, I did mention Georgia, and they said, well, the Russian military is powerful and stuff like that. Now we see when they have competition, direct competition against a varsity, varsity trained team, which is, let's say, the Ukrainians. They don't have the same equipment as the Russians or the amount of equipment or the amount of men. But you can see better training makes for better competition. And the Ukrainians are showing that they have the fighting spirit. I know, you think, Jim, I thought you weren't going to be talking about the war. I said, well, the war is going on and they're experiencing it. Can't we just fucking talk about it for a moment? Okay, well, I'm using it as an example. So, after they're done, the Ukrainians are going to have to say, well, if we can beat the Russians now, I guess there's only other competitions would be people like China after that. I know, why would you say something like that? I'm just saying that your competition dictates how good you are. If you're playing in a shitty league, a shitty league where the schools are like 50-person large and they got to struggle to keep the amount of players to hardly, like, then the number they need, they have a hard time fielding a five-man basketball team. Or a football team. And you got to play both sides. Both sides. That offense and defense. Or some teams excel at doing things like that. But generally it's the bigger teams. The more qualified teams. The ones that have the money qualified. I shouldn't say qualified. But that have the resources and things like that that excel. But sometimes it's the smaller teams that really have to overcome those uh, uh, overcome those barriers with raw ability raw ability so i don't see transgender athletes as making competition worse yeah in the short term women are going to lose against some of this like in strength sports and things like that because of the differences in physiology but eventually eventually women will adapt and rise to the top and they will beat those transgendered athletes because there are women already competing in men's only leagues and they're 100% women competition allows the cream to rise to the top End of, end of that debate. Well, listen. 
I want to say thank you to listeners for listening to all the bullshit I have to say all the time. Uh, I'm sorry about my nervous when I do in the morning. I do the coffee thing. I didn't feel so hot yesterday, but I did my show. I feel great today. And part of it is being able to speak to you guys on a regular basis. I'll be able to do a show tomorrow. I'll probably do one on Friday. We're rolling into, I think it's episode 597. So I'll finish this week on 599. And then I'll have episode 600 coming up. And I'm, you know, I've threatened to do big things before. But I'm not going to do that now. I'm just going to either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to do, there's going to be a 600th episode. If I'm alive, I will do a 600th episode. There's no threat to me, right, at this time, not being alive. Or incarcerated. Or stuck in Iranian prison. Or being struck moot. Or being kidnapped by aliens. Or what else, what else would prevent me from doing this? Overwhelmingly depressed and not able to form coherent sentences, which I don't, I'm not able to form coherent sentences right now on many, on, in many, on many days on this, at this moment. But I do appreciate you guys for listening. I will be back. Uh, I'd like to thank my friends in Poland. And if I do notice one thing, there has been a plethora, a plethora of charities on Facebook to help uh, the Ukrainian war effort. A lot of times we forgot places like Syria because you know what? Even I am victim to this because your culture is different. Uh, We don't have a lot of people of Middle Eastern descent interacting together. But the shit that's going on in Ukraine right now was the shit that was going on in Syria. But in the United States, it wasn't as big an impact because, oh, they, they were different. They worshiped differently from us. They spoke differently than us. Well, Ukrainian, they speak pretty different from us. But <coughs> we just, we don't identify with them as much. And that's a shame. That's a shame because we could have said, hey, listen, this is what Putin does and um, now we know we see it because we got reporters on of every news agency I like to listen to BBC too B- BBC gives you the unvarnished like you know someone can't say well that's the Republicans that's the Democrats that's this communist news network blah 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 blah, blah. well BBC is UK and you see the news there and when you see BBC you can see that when there's inflation high price of fuel and all that that's happening in the UK it's harder to blame it on certain people and see that it's an international phenomenon phenomena that has nothing to do with us in particular but it's see you can see that we are more of a world community when it comes to certain things like fuel prices inflation food cost real estate prices all that, all those things are affected worldwide. Now, to get back to the point, when we widen our perspective, it's hard. Yes, it's hard to be able to hold multiple thoughts in your head. 
it is difficult. But I challenge you. I challenge you. I regularly try to listen to some of the more conservative viewpoints. But I I seem to see their sources are seem to be single the more conservative and some of the liberal are seem to be very single focused on certain issues and they don't get a wide influx of views from different sources. You got to look at that. So when it comes to these fundraisers or charities, you got to be real careful because there's a lot of different things going on and there's a lot of fraud. It's best to stick with the well-known ones. Go to the main sources. Like if you want to do humanitarian relief, medical relief, Doctors Without Borders, excellent. Save the Children Foundation, UNICEF, UNICEF, certain religious charities, certain religious charities, Catholic, uh, Catholic charities is an excellent one. But you can go and find, you can find all these uh, ratings for these charities to see what are the ones that are the most efficient at delivering resources. And that's the best way to do it. Not just click on the first thing on the picture of someone holding a puppy. Because there's a lot of pet ones out there. And you got to be careful because some charities only deliver pennies on the dollar. And like the the most egregious ones, I remember some of the cancer and heart foundations, uh, the, the fake ones, were delivering like less than 10 cents on the dollar. And the rest of the 90 cents or 92 cents on the dollar was going to administrative funds. That's salaries. So you want to get the most efficient NGOs. If you're going to, if you're going to give $20, it's nice to know that 18 of that dollars is going directly into food stuff or diapers or this or that. But there's big groups that do that. And there's one that says, we only do diapers. Okay, maybe, but make sure. Make sure that the charity you're delivering is delivering the resources to the right people with the right amount of efficiency. And that right amount of efficiency is over 70%. 70% of what you donate goes directly into that thing you're funding. And I leave you with that today, and I'd like to thank you for listening. Have a great day. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. Goodbye. Let's get that music on. I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. 
cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up.